Welcome to the podcast of the Sunday morning worship service of the Heartland Church of the Nazarene. We're a community of faith learning to love God and our neighbors as ourselves. Welcome home. Today's sermon text is from Luke 24, 1 through 12. The passage will be on the screen for you, or if you like, please turn to Luke in your Bible. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen clothes by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. That is the word of the Lord for us today. Thank you, Sam. And uh, thank you for leading us in worship today. Well, um, I, have a, I have a complicated uh, and love-hate relationship with surprises. Is that anybody else? Anybody else feel that way? Yes? Okay, very good, very good. Um, I, I like surprises because they're surprises. And lots of times they are good things, right? Right? Well, um, I, I also have a weird and complicated relationship with food. And so we were early on, uh, Lori and I were married, and she would say things like, close your eyes and open your mouth, because she was going to give me some, <laughs> some food. And, and I have trust issues with food. <laughs> Welcome to my therapy. Uh, and so I would be like, I love you, and I trust you, uh, but not that much. <laughs> uh, she stopped doing that, which I'm, I'm thankful for. Uh, she would also, like, when we first got married, we had, I'm sorry, I should have told you I was going to tell these stories, but uh, when we first got married, we lived in a, like, a tiny 600-square-foot apartment, okay? Like, one bedroom, one bathroom, and a kitchen-slash-living-room-slash-dining room, right? You've been there. And, uh, and so, like, I would go and take the dog for a walk or something, and I would come back, and she would, she would have hidden in our 600-square-foot apartment, and I could never find her. <laughs> I know I was like, the wor- I'm, I'm the world's worst hide-and-seeker. But then she would jump out from wherever she was hiding, like under the bed or in the shower or whatever, and be like, ah! And scare me, and I'd pee myself. No, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't do that anymore. Um, <laughs> I will. <laughs> <laughs> and you would know. <laughs> Welcome to Heartland Church, by the way. If you've not joined us before, uh, well, I I think 
you're going to remember the stories and not the sermon. That's okay. Um, I, I think one of the things that happens in this passage through the whole way is there's a decent level of surprise. Um, now, it's not the same as like, you know, well, maybe jumping out from a hidden place and having somebody scare you, which my kids love to do now, by the way. Uh, and, but there's, there's just a level of surprise, and it seems that at every turn in today's passage, somebody is, is a little bit surprised. Well, if you were with us on Friday, we, like we said with the kids, we told the story of Jesus' death um, and his, his trial, his, his arrest, and um, breathing his last breaths and saying, it is finished. And, and we read those from the Gospel of John, but uh, today's story comes from the Gospel of Luke. And, and at this point in Luke's narrative, things are moving really quickly. Uh, he, he's been executed and, and crucified and has been taken down from the, the cross and laid in a tomb uh, that had never been used before. And he is dead. And, and one of the things that would have been customary for uh, the time period was for ladies to come and to uh, prepare the body for, for burial. Uh, they didn't have embalming, but they would have wrapped it a little bit and some ointments and some smelly good stuff so that it didn't stink immediately. Uh, and so we, we get the impression that that began to happen just a little bit, but it was right up against the Sabbath, and you don't do those kinds of things on the Sabbath if you're Jewish. And so they took a break. Uh, early the next day, though, a couple of women come, and they come to the grave, and they are all ready to finish the job that they had started the day before. And uh, they get to the tomb. Now, Lucas told us that there has been this big rock that had been uh, rolled in front of the tomb. And uh, I don't know if these women knew that the rock had been put there, but it it had been there. So they show up, and and so maybe the first surprise that they encounter is the fact that the the, the rock is not in front of this tomb. And and maybe that's a little puzzling. Uh, One of the things I want you to do today, actually... I want you to, to try to put yourself in this story. It's early in the morning. So I want you to imagine in your mind um, all of the sights you might see, uh, all of the things you might smell or the hear what you might hear, uh, the feelings you might be feeling going to go prepare the body of somebody who you, who you deeply loved for burial. Uh, so kind of get yourself in, into that that mindset. Imagine what it would have been like if you were one of those ladies and you walked up to the, the tomb and it, it's open. And, and maybe you're having to struggle within your, your mind be like, what's going on here? Uh, they, they go in though and, and the next surprise that they encounter is that Jesus' body is not there. Luke tells us that they are perplexed. Perplexed. Uh, literally, the word that Luke uses is more like they were, they were astounded uh, beyond the ability to speak. They had no words. Uh, they had no words to describe what it is that they were thinking and feeling and, and confused about the nature of what was happening because Jesus was supposed to be there. And they were surprised that he wasn't. Well, I, in their perplexity, is that a word? Perplexity? Yeah? Yeah. Uh, in their perplexity, they, uh, a couple of men show up and they are dazzling white. And, uh, and Luke tells us, the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the med- men said to them, 
These are angels, by the way. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Why do you look for the living among the dead? This is the other surprise. The angels are surprised, I think. Because they have looked at these women and they are saying, okay, okay, you knew who this was. Like this was Jesus, the son of God, the maker and sustainer of all that is and was and will be, the one who has defeated death and sin and you are surprised that he is not here. Uh, In my mind, I hear, why do you look for the living among the dead? In the tone of voice, that a parent might use with their child when their child has not done the thing that they have been expected to do. Like, why haven't you brushed your teeth getting ready for bed, right? I mean, like, have you had those conversations with your kids? Why in the world do you not have your shoes on? We are leaving for school in like 30 seconds. Why have you not gone to the bathroom? It's bedtime. Uh, Why don't you have pants on? The struggle is real. I know you guys know this. I don't know if you guys do. Never. Okay. That's why I forget your your children are perfect in every way. Uh, I I, I can imagine that, like that, that you should know this. This should be routine. You should just do it without me asking. You should just know this because, and he goes, Angel goes on, remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee. The verse goes on to say that he would suffer and die and raise again on the third day. He's like, okay, ladies. By the way, this slowness, this surpriseness on the half of the ladies is not, the men are worse, okay? We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, so it's not, I'm, I'm not picking on the ladies today. Uh, but there, it's like, ladies, come on, you were with him. You heard him say all of these things. You heard him say what he had to do. You knew that he was going to die. You knew that he was going to be raised from the dead. And, and yet, you still have not, you still have not believed. He says, remember. Remember how he told you uh, while he was still in Galilee. Now, I, I, don't, under, I don't know how long that it took for them to, to soak into this. Uh, I, I don't know how long they, uh, they stood there trying to figure out what it was or, or remember or, or if just they instantly knew. Uh, I'm slow sometimes. And I can imagine if I was in that position that I, I would, it would take me a little while to, to remember what it is that I had heard. Eventually, though, in verse 8, they remembered his words um, and they immediately get up and, and leave the to- tomb and they go back to, uh, go back to, to the, the other disciples. I find it a little amazing, though, that the, these angels didn't give them any instructions on what to do. Right? This angel's already been dumbfounded by the fact that these ladies are looking for Jesus dead when he very clearly said he wasn't going to be. Uh, Maybe he knows, maybe these angels know that, that, that these ladies are just going to go do because this is good news. This is, it's the very best news that you could possibly have. And so what do you do with good news? You share it, yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. 
Now, I, I imagine if, if you went to a funeral and, you know, the body was in the casket and then it wasn't, I don't imagine what you would do. You know, that would be kind of, kind of surprising. I'm sure we would know about it on social media really, really quickly. Obviously, they didn't have that, but they, they've run back to the other disciples. And uh, they begin to tell them. And they tell them all of what they've seen. Uh, and here's where the men are worse. Uh, but their, wor- their words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. This is kind of classic, right? Classic guys? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Uh, the words that Luke used here, uh, idle tale, is really more of like a medical term. And it has to do with uh, being delirious because of fever. So these, the disciples listen to this story. They, the ladies come back and they're like, Jesus isn't dead. He's alive. We saw angels. There wasn't there. And the men are like, you guys are sick. I guess maybe mansplained? Is that, is that what that, is that what happened? I don't know. And, and so they just, they didn't want to believe it. They didn't want to believe it. They were as surprised as the women were. I think they were as surprised as maybe the angels were that the women were there looking for Jesus where he would, would not be. Passage ends, though, with, uh, with Peter taking off and running. And he goes and he finds the grave. Uh, and he goes in there and, and he sees it for himself. One of the things that I think, if we were to read the whole Gospel of Luke, which we've, we've done that in, in other years, uh, one of the things we find out, though, is, is that the slowness of Jesus' disciples is just everywhere. Time and time again, Jesus tells his followers, this is how it is. Time and time again, he says, um, I'm going to suffer and die. Time and time again, his disciples respond to that kind of thing by saying, oh, no, you're not going to die because messiahs don't die. And then Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, to Peter, right? Time and time again, Jesus says, this is the way. Walk in it. Love your neighbor. Forgive those who persecute you. Be kind. Love the littlest and the least. Take care of the the disadvantaged and the poor. Trust in my daily bread. Trust that God is going to provide for your needs. You don't need to always hoard and store it up for yourself. Be generous. Be faithful. Understand that pain and suffering just might be a part of being a follower of Christ. Uh, Those are hard words to hear sometimes, but I think we've been working through some of that. All through that, though, all through all of that, through all of Luke's gospel, we come to the very end, and Jesus has not abandoned a single one of them. In their doubt, in their unbelief, in their slowness to comprehend and perceive all that Jesus has said, in their, in their inability to truly grasp 
who Jesus is at his core, Jesus doesn't abandon them. He keeps trying, and he keeps trying, and he keeps preaching, and he keeps teaching, and he keeps healing, and he keeps loving. I think that's some good news too. I think that's surprising news for us sometimes. Uh, Because I think in in our world, we don't want to give people those kinds of chances. And we don't expect maybe those kinds of chances from other people. This, This is at its very, very heart, the good news. The Apostle Paul will say it like this, that while we were still sinners, while we were not friends with God, Christ died for us and rose again, defeating death and the sin that caused that death. I think this is good news for you and me. Because I don't know about you, I've already said I'm slow. I don't know about you, I sometimes have a really, really hard time believing, accepting who Jesus is sometimes. I have a really hard time sometimes thinking that, yes, forgiveness is good and right. It's something I should do. I have a really hard time sometimes thinking that loving my enemy is something ah, that's going to prove any tangible results. I think that, well, I don't think I'm alone in that. By the way, I'm not having like a crisis of faith here. Uh, I firmly believe in the very depths of who I am uh, that Jesus Christ and the way that he has proclaimed for us to follow is good and right and true. And I am thankful in the very deepest parts of who I am that God remains faithful even in those moments of doubt even in those moments of, eh, read this passage, and I just, I don't know. Come on, Jesus, seriously. I think it's okay. I, th- I, think, I think if you've come to this place today, and even if you come here all the time, or if you're just, you're just passing through, that if you are having issues believing that this is true and right, if you are doubting that Jesus really is who he says he is or that you are doubting that, that the way Jesus loves is the way that we should love, it's okay. It's so different than the way that our world works, but it is, it is good news that Christ is calling us to as we learn how to love God with all that we are and to love our neighbor as ourselves. What I know is that God wants you to be a certain way. He wants you to be perfect in love. He wants you to be kind and gentle and all those fruits of the Spirit that I never get right. And you're not going to be all that all the time. But I think all that you need is an openness Like, like the, uh, the father of the one boy that Jesus healed 
Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Today we're, we're going to baptize some folks. And I love doing this as much as it makes me nervous. Uh, we're going to baptize some folks who have said, I am imperfect, but I love Jesus and I want to follow Jesus. And they are open. They are open to the work of God and the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives to, to cleanse them and to, to purify them and to strengthen them and encourage them and send them forth from this place as a new creation. What I want you to do as we participate in this together, if you've been baptized, I want you to remember your baptism. Even if it was a long time ago, even if it was something where you, uh, maybe you don't remember it or I was a little baby or something, even if you've had lots of doubts and, and failures since then, I want you to remember this as, as each person goes down and say that God has not given up on me in my doubt, in my unfaithfulness. Christ still loves me. And in that moment, I want you to call out to God that you might have the strength to grow into the person that God wants you to become. After we do this, we're going to receive the Lord's Supper too. I wouldn't point it over there because we moved the table. Uh, This is another one of those moments where we are confronted with the reality of Christ's death and resurrection. It's another one of those moments, like baptism is, to, to understand what, what Christ is calling you to. To embrace Christ's love even in your unfaithfulness. Our, our tradition um, sometimes talk about this as a, as a means of grace. Well, not sometimes, always. Uh, it is a means of welcoming you into the family of God. So, we're going to pray, and then we'll, we'll get to this. But I want you to sit with that knowledge. That the God who created the universe, who created you, who brought us together today in this place, continues to love you and has not given up on you even in your worst moments. I want you to embrace that and remember it and allow it to send you from this place a more faithful and obedient follower of Christ. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for um, bringing us together. We, We thank you for the story of your death and more importantly, of your resurrection. Lord, we we thank you that in the midst of our doubt and our disbelief, uh, that in the same way you didn't give up on the disciples, that you have not given up on us. We confess our inability at times to hear and see and to truly comprehend what you're doing around us and and for us. 
forgive us for trying to impose our own visions of who you are onto you, for making you look not at all like yourself in, in love and peacefulness. Forgive us for making you in our own image instead of living into what you have created us as your image bearers. Lord, we ask that as, you, as we participate in these means of grace, as we watch and go under the water, we ask that you would help us to, to latch on to your grace and your faithfulness. As we receive uh, bread and juice, that is your body and your blood, I ask that it would strengthen us Strengthen us to to become and to grow strong and faithful in you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Sunday morning worship service. For more information about the Heartland Church of the Nazarene, please visit heartlandnaz.org.